I'm not going to have it both ways, okay? I'm not going to say, well, I really wish they'd spend more money. And then when they do spend more money, say, oh, why did they spend it on that guy? It's a good move, okay? It's a good move. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. The Pirates have signed Rich Hill, the 43-year-old lefty who continues to defy pretty much everything except being a lefty in that he's been at this for a very, very long time and yet continues to be really good. This past season, he was 8-7 and seven for the Red Sox. He had a 4.27 ERA over 124 and a third innings, 26 starts he made, which in and of itself is a terrific stat. And it has to be remembered that he was pitching in one of the tougher hitting divisions in all of baseball in the AL East. He was still getting 7.9 strikeouts per nine innings. I'm going to repeat that he's 43 years old. And the average exit velocity that he allowed was 88.2 miles an hour, which is better than the median across the majors. Means even though he is how old he is, they weren't hitting the ball very hard off of him. They weren't hitting it with authority, and more often than not, they were just swinging and missing. The guy can still play, and as such, there is undeniably a place for him and a welcome place for him in the Pittsburgh rotation. Notice I've said absolutely not a negative syllable yet. And you know what? As it relates to this signing, I'm not going to. I don't have a but in this. Even if you look at it from how it slots into the rotation, meaning this addition, you've got Mitch Keller, Rowanzi Contreras. What's Hill? Is Hill your three? And, you know, that stuff doesn't matter all that much, the order other than the opening weekend of the season. But let's just say for argument's sake that he's a three and it kind of pushes some other guys down to levels where they should be. Johan Oviedo, you want to be, you know, at least mindful of the fact that he might not be great right away. You want to look at JT Brubaker and his inconsistencies. Uh, you do, of uh, your management, want to honor the word that you gave to Vince Velasquez that he's going to have a shot at the rotation. And then on top of all that, at the end of the line, you've got Luis Ortiz, who you want to get into the minors and probably on a program that'll be similar to the one that Contreras went through this past season, where you'll see him come up, you'll see him go down, you'll see his innings get managed. You might even see them do that weird thing at midseason where they shut him down uh, to an extent over the course of a month. But all of that makes more sense with a pitcher who knows what he's doing. Oh, and not to be forgotten, a pitcher who's actually left-handed. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone and you do the rest. 
It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. And I want to say something positive from the team perspective here. Can you feel this? Can you feel that it's there, that it's like simmering beneath the surface that I want to say, hey, this is this is pretty significant here. This is 2023, and this looks like it could actually be a reasonable rotation that's got upside to be significantly more. You can feel that I want to turn that into some bigger concept and start looking at the lineup and start picturing what the bench could be and start thinking about how maybe even defensively they'll be a better team. But I can't do that. I can't. I want to. I want to. It feels like it's logical. But I can't because they've still got this, not an elephant, but an entire elephant herd standing right here in center field. And they've got to solve that. And they've got to solve that in a way that makes sense, not only toward the future, but also toward 2023. Because let's not pretend that Brian Reynolds wouldn't be your still the very biggest part of 2023. And you're not going to be able to brush over Reynolds' absence by going out and getting, I don't know, some other outfielder and just saying, hey, we're going to trade Reynolds for this absolute treasure trove of prospects. And to make up for that, we're going to go and sign, I don't know, random X center fielder slash left fielder for four million or five million over a one year deal since that seems to be the the going rate of choice at the time. I I just can't. I can't I, I can't go any further with this. I realize that I'm stuck. I'm stuck like an old school needle on a record player. But how do you look at this team and say, yeah, here they go. Here they go. This was great. They're taking the season seriously. When you know that on any given day, between now and spring training, you're very likely to get news that their best player's been sent off somewhere. And you can't even begin to hazard a guess as to what'll come in return. If it is starting pitching, as I've been talking about for a few weeks now, and actually wouldn't be offended by it, It's not going to be starting pitching that's in Pittsburgh right away. So again, your Reynolds impact from 2023, what you're expecting to get from Brian Reynolds, will turn into a zero in that event in 2023. And I don't think that can just be something that you say, oh, well, you gloss over it. Because they created this situation. Because they have the money to pay Reynolds. They know they do. You know they do. I definitely know they do. So maybe, maybe the approach should be this. Okay, look. Hey, Brian. Hey, it's Ben Charrington. Good, good. How are you? Hey, happy holidays to you. Hey, listen, just wanted to let you know, in case you haven't been keeping up with the news, that we added Carlos Santana. We added G-Man Choi. We brought back Miguel Andahar, we got ourselves an ace defensive catcher to kind of hold time for the prospects when they come up. And yeah, you know, Rich Hill, yeah, he's pretty good. We just got him too. So maybe 
we're going to be taking things a little bit more seriously here. And if that's something that was going to be a concern of yours within all this, oh, wait a second. I'm not supposed to be talking to you. I'm supposed to call your agent. Ah, never mind. Anyway, you guys get the idea. Approach the Reynolds people again and say, let's do this again. Let's try it again. When we come back, J1Q. comes from Bill, who says, in what I would only presume is a bit of a snarly tone, I thought Ben Charrington was punting on 2023. That's all I've heard from you this offseason. You know what, Bill? I am not the direction in which you want to be wagging the finger. I'm not the one who's punted year after year after year. And by the way, I'm also not the one who has not done nearly enough to make sure that my best player stays in the fold so that all the other things that I'm working on will actually matter. Now, setting that aside, setting that aside, if you look at the moves that have been made and then you pull out a piece of paper and you look at the moves that were made in 2022 in that offseason, Last fall, last winter, you aren't going to see much daylight. Yes, I could definitely argue that they've gotten better players to an extent out of each of these individual positions, particularly if evaluating them at the time they were acquired. And let me tell you what I mean by that. When Jose Quintana was acquired, basically nobody cared. They look at what his numbers had been. In, in recent years, and they were like, this guy is just done. He's shot. Well, Jose comes here, and to his credit, to Oscar Marine's credit, and to the Pirates evaluator's credit, he ended up getting back on his horse and ended up making a whole lot of money elsewhere. You could say the same thing for Tyler Anderson. Nobody was excited about Anderson when he got here. Turned out to be a really nice addition, made a bunch of money on his own, and like Quintana, got the Pirates something netted in a trade. Wonderful. Awesome. The difference between those guys and Hill is that Hill comes fresh off of a good season and Hill comes with just impeccable consistency credentials. So there's naturally going to be at least a little bit more excitement about Hill. But then no matter what you say about him, everyone, myself included, is going to put right after his name, comma, 43, comma. If you go over all of these moves, I'm telling you, you're not going to find some great big jump in quality, because then you're not going to remember every individual reaction that you had last winter, necessarily. If you want to show me and wag a finger in my face that this team is serious about 2023, get back to me when they figure out a way to keep their best player in the fold. I think that's a fair stance. I really do. I don't believe that there is effective management of a sports team in which your best player leaves because he wants to leave. I believe that this is a problem that needs to be solved, not discarded and not turned into, ooh, here's an opportunity to add more prospects and kick the can further down the road. That will be punting. That'll be the very definition of punting. So please spare me the finger wagging in the interim. 
I do appreciate the question. I really do. I appreciate anybody who has any kind of feedback to anything that I say or write. I've said that for years. I've meant it for years. Let's do another one of these tomorrow. Mm-hmm.